you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome to the CBS Eye on Money podcast. It is Tuesday, December 7th, and uh, so it's Pearl Harbor Day. Mark, do you want to say a few words about Pearl Harbor on this podcast since we talked about it on the other one, but we didn't hear your voice? What did we say? 80 years? 80 year anniversary? Yeah. Hard to believe. It is hard to believe. We, we both have mentioned that we've both been lucky enough to have visited Pearl Harbor. Yeah. It's a very moving um, experience to be there. So I encourage, I encourage everyone to do such a thing in your lifetime somewhere, somehow. I can say I've been to Pearl Harbor. Yeah. which was basically the beginning of World War II for us. And then yeah. I've been to Normandy and stood on the beaches of Normandy. How is that? I've never done that. I really need to do that. Oh, it was wild. Just, you know, if you're a history nut like I am, especially World War II, and just standing there and looking at the cliffs and all the all the old German pillboxes, everything's still there. It's like uh, frozen in time in many ways. Wow. I got to do that. I, I, the, I was supposed to do that. I remember I had a trip booked a long time ago, maybe like, 20 years ago, and it got moved because of something, some illness or something. And I never rebooked it. So that could be a travel kind of thing. I highly recommend it. And and the American Cemetery there, when you, like when you watch uh, Saving Private Ryan, the opening scenes uh-huh. from the American Cemetery, you go visit that and you, you cannot help but be moved when you're just walking all the rows of the white mm. crosses and markers. It's, it's, uh, it's powerful stuff. Yeah. And I know it's very important to mark these moments in history. I'm I'm all about that. You know me. I like that. I like anniversaries and birthdays. You know, in TV land, they never like. Oh, no one cares about an anniversary, but it gives you a chance to talk about something that maybe you haven't talked about. So if you take a moment, I think it's great. I really do. I think it's important to mark these times and and remind ourselves. You know, this thing called democracy. It's a beautiful experiment. I'm hoping it doesn't come to a conclusion. Anyway, this is the program that takes the mystery out of your financial life. I was supposed to be getting ready for my trip to London. I canceled it because this is horrible variant. And uh, I hope that you guys are all staying safe. Go get your boosters, for goodness sakes. Boost. Are you boosted, Mark, or not? Uh, appointment is scheduled. All right, good. What's with Theo, though? Can he get a shot yet or not? No, his age group is not yet eligible. Mm. I think from what I've read, there's some talk maybe first quarter next year. How has he been with shots Oh, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. No big deal at all. Doesn't even flinch. Mm, I think that that's from Amanda, not from you. I agree. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, I canceled my trip. I just spoke to my best, oldest, dearest friend in the world, Kathy, and uh, she's and her whole family supposed to go to Africa for a wedding. It's the third week of December. So it's like December 26th. Now, her, the country where they're going has not been put on the list. Would you go or would you not go, Mark? No, no way. No, no. You're not going to the whole continent? (laughs) No, not right now. It's just between now and that date, things are only going to get worse. What if you found out that you could be completely covered if you're boosted? Would you go? 
Yeah, again, it's it's really not a no. I, I personally wouldn't. It's not about me. I'm not worried about me getting sick. I'm worried about Theo getting sick. I'm worried about Amanda's parents getting sick. It's not about me. You know, I think the biggest problem for me is not even about illness at this point. It's about quarantine. I don't want to get stuck in some quarantine hotel somewhere. It's not going to be the Four Seasons. I'll tell you that much. Well, you know what? It's got a bathroom, so I would probably take it at this point. (laughs) Mark, waiting for his bathroom. By the time this airs, you will be days away from a functional brand new bathroom. By the time this airs, I think I will be, this is going to air on the 7th. I think by the 10th, we should be done. I hope. Just in time. Just in time for the holidays. All right. Uh, Okay. Now we've spent all this time talking. Now nobody knows about anything what the show is about. The show is about taking the mystery out of your financial life. And he is Mark Talercio, the co-host and executive producer. And I am Jill Schlesinger. We are both certified financial planners. And we love answering your financial questions. The way you can get in touch with us is go to our website, jillonmoney.com. And all you need to do, click the contact button and we will magically get that question answered as quickly as we can. It's so much better if you come on the air. Now, what you're going to find is that this guy who's coming on the air with us, we had a practice session with him. We had a little technical snafu and Mark was so diligent that he followed up tested everything out, and now we're going to have him live. So it is John from Atlanta. John, how impressed are you that Mark is like, no, we're getting you on this show? Wasn't that impressive? Very impressive. I mean, what a diligent effort, and I certainly appreciate it. Why did you contact us? What can we do for you? Well, Jill, I have uh, many questions, and I would love to talk to you all day, but I understand there's a limited amount of time. So I'll give you a couple of the questions that are really on my mind, and maybe then we can talk about my situation. You know, I do adhere to the uh, FIRE movement, or I've been following it for a while and pursuing it. And one question I have is, you know, your view on what a safe withdrawal rate is into perpetuity. So if, you know, you wanted to keep your principal, you know, what is an amount that you could withdraw every year and think that that principal would be safe? Um, Another question I have is we own a small three-bedroom, two-bath home that I always intended on converting to a rental. We're kind of getting to that portion of our lives and trying to discern if that's the right thing to do. Tell us about yourselves because you say a we. So how old are you, John? Yeah, I'm 37. Uh, I live in Atlanta. I'm married to my wife who is 33. Um, We have no kids. I work in investment management for commercial real estate and Mm. my wife works in marketing. Okay. Hold on a second. How's the commercial real estate market in Atlanta right now? It's good. Uh, Atlanta continues to grow and, you know, apartment buildings are being built left and right and people are taking them as fast as they can get them. Um, The office space is a little slow. People are reluctant to sign long-term leases with continued COVID risk. Um, But uh, everything's humming down here in the South. I mean, people are out and about and uh, spending their money. Interesting. Because, you know, we hear so much about businesses are going to go hybrid and there's not going to be a need for as much commercial real estate space. But that's not what you're seeing is what you're saying. It's been slow on the office side, but um, mm-hmm. it's it's not completely stalled. It's going to take a while to figure out this new hybrid model, I think, and the amount of space that's going to be needed. What's going to fill in all this retail space that's going out? <sighs> Experiential things. I mean, that's what we mm-hmm. see, you know, mm-hmm. things where people can go and Uh, whether it's a brewery space or some sort of event space, uh, something fun where people like to get together. A lot converted to outdoors. Um, There's a lot of transition, certainly. 
All right. So how much you make in this commercial real estate market that's stronger in Atlanta probably than in many other places in the country? I make $160,000 a year. My wife makes 110000 Do you both use retirement plans? We do. Um, we both have 401ks through work, which we fully fund every year. How much is in each of your 401ks? In my 401k, there is uh, 190000 Yeah. And in her 401k, there is 100000 Oh, very nice. Good. You guys are pretty stable, like in terms of your income and the, what you've earned and, and like the going forward, it's sort of uh, consistent or is there some, is there some big upside or maybe a reduction that's looming? No, it should be consistent. Okay. Now you got that money saved in your 401k. Tell us about other stuff that you have. Let's talk about, let's do a uh, general savings, like a uh, emergency reserve. So we have several savings accounts, but we have basically $120,000 set aside in cash. Is there some, is it being earmarked for something? No, um, that's probably 60000 more than we need. Um, we are probably going to purchase some new cars soon, but um, we probably will spend no more than $20,000 on each car. Some of it's earmarked for that. Plus, you can't get a car, so you might as well just drive what you have. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, what about other investments besides the 401ks? Do you guys have IRAs, Roth IRAs, or even a brokerage account? Sure, we have all. So I will start with rollover IRAs from previous employers. I have a rollover IRA with $470,000. And my wife has a rollover IRA, uh, just $20,000. Okay. On the Roth side, I have $120,000 in a Roth. Mm -hmm. She has $30,000 in a Roth. And then we have three general investing accounts that are taxable, uh, those total uh, $500,000. Wowie, you guys are good savers. Yeah, we've been diligent. Uh, we, we try hard and uh, don't spend a lot of money and try to That's save. That's awesome. How much is your house worth, would you figure? 450000 Okay. And is there a mortgage on it? There is $190,000 balance and the mm -hmm. rate is uh, 3.375. What would you do? I'm going backwards on your stuff, but what would you do if you were to convert that to a rental? Where would you live? What What would the game plan be? You know, we're there's some family things going on where we'd like to be closer to some family. So we may rent for one year uh, while testing sort of renting our existing home mm -hmm. uh, for a similar price. Right. I think we could get a rental that, that would cost about the same as our existing mortgage today. Mm -hmm. But then after that, you know, probably purchase a similar sized home. When you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great-tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms who are protecting over 400,000 acres of organic farmland and all the plants and animals that call it home. This is dairy you can feel good about. It's great-tasting, high-quality organic dairy ethically sourced from small organic family farms. To find Organic Valley Dairy near you, visit ov.coop. That's ov.coop. What is the goal of converting to the rental? Is to create passive income eventually? Yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, I think I think it's uh, it's good to have that passive income, the tax benefits of rental income as well, um, mm. and also a little bit if we're pursuing you know a fire and, and maybe going to retire early i like diverse cash flow with a rental as opposed mm -hmm. to just relying on you know a safe withdrawal rate from our stock bond investments 
I gotcha. Can we talk a little bit about the fire and what it is that is kind of prompting you to consider the fire movement and, and, and those aspects of the way you bring that into your planning process? You know, it's appealing uh, simply to alleviate some, you know, the pressure to need to generate substantial income, right? I think getting to a place where we're financially independent sooner rather than later, you know, one gives me some comfort. Um, also, you know, there've been people in my family who have passed away, you know, earlier than one might expect. And so I think that there's some desire to have some more time freedom uh, mm-hmm. earlier in life rather than, you know, wait until 65 to retire. Now, I think in the interim period, we would certainly pursue some travel, but, you know, you can only travel so much. And I think we would get involved with, you know, working for some nonprofits, some part-time work. So I don't think that we would, you know, never work again. Right. Um, But gaining the financial independence where we might not have to ever work again, uh, gives me the comfort to pursue some other avenues. That makes sense. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, you're not saying like when you say retire early, it's funny because I, you know my feeling about this, which is like, what are you going to do? But you're not really talking about retiring early. You're talking about having the freedom to do something slightly different in your life. I think that's yeah. really what you're talking about. So when you look at your cash flow right now, what is it that you think you need to live on? Let's presume you don't convert the house to a rental. Let's just say you're you're going to manage it. You're going to live there. What is it that you guys need to live on in terms of expenses? So we've consistently lived on $60,000 a year. When I estimate, I like to use $80,000 a year uh, is what we would need. I think that gives some cushion for healthcare costs as well as you know other unforeseen uh, circumstances. Okay. Is there any pension or anything like that looming in your future? Just out of curiosity. Very, very small one from my employer. It will not be significant. Okay. Um, and when we talk about the, your your ability to maybe do something different, your next or new endeavor, uh, what is the age that you think you'd like to target to get there? This, this may give you a little heartburn, Jill, but 42. Mark, weigh in on that 42. How, how does 42 hit you, Mark? Uh, I'm 43. <laughs> I knew. I just wanted to have him uh, weigh in on that. So, Mark, do you have any more questions for John in Atlanta about this process and what we can help him out with? They don't need a lot of money to live on, so that's the good thing that they got going for them. Mm-hmm. Sixty grand is, you know, that's not that far fetched, right? They got like looks to me like um, let's call it uh, uh, one and a half million bucks, right? Let's say forty two comes along. And we have $2 million saved. And it looks to me like if we look at the $2 million, we say half in brokerage slash, let's call it, uh, that's probably right. It's thinking about half in, in uh, brokerage and then a bunch in the retirement. Your 401ks, are you using Roth or are you using traditional? Substantially traditional, very little Roth. I mean, is this enough money? Let's think about this. What would you, would you want to basically, when we talk, and we'll talk about safe withdrawal rate, I have some opinions about this, but so you have 500 grand in your Roth, in your rollovers, right? Then you have two, three, another, say it's 800 in pre-tax, 500 and then 150. Mark, can they get to 2 million easily by in the next five years or not? What are they, how much they save in every year? 
They're saving at least 40. How much are you saving beyond? What are you putting into your brokerage account right now? $70,000 a year. Holy smoke. So they're saving basically like 120 grand a year. Yeah. Between 120 and 140. And the extra 20 is set aside for unknowns like cars or whatever. Well, I mean, five years, I'm sure John knows this, but in five years, you know, you're, you're probably looking at around 2.5, if not a little more. Yeah. Let's say 2.5. Let's say he gets to 2.5 million at age 42. Notice how I'm not trying to convince you not to do this at age 42, because I feel like that's not my job right now. Let's see if it's possible first. Okay. So when John talks about a safe withdrawal rate, here's the interesting thing. We talked about this. Didn't we talk about this with Goodman? It's interesting because there's a lot of talk about what's the safe withdrawal rate. And Michael Goodman, who is a friend of the pod, he's a certified financial planner, a CPA. He does not like using withdrawal rate numbers. He really doesn't. And I think that that's just because it makes him feel a little bit queasy because, you know, in a great year, fine. In a rotten year, not so good. And there's a lot of different factors, inflation, et cetera. Because of your two and a half million dollars, obviously we know, let's let's presume that half of it would not have been taxed. So we're going to have to, it's not really that you're going to have two and a half million dollars. You're going to have two and a half million dollars less the tax due on your retirement accounts. But I'm going to use two and a half anyway. Mark, what do you think is a safe withdrawal rate that John and his wife could look at, at least from the brokerage side of it, the money that's already been taxed? Let's forget about the other side. But let's, what do you think is the safe withdrawal rate? I mean, my, me personally, I just assume for a million dollars, 30,000. So 3%. That's what I think. I think it's easy. It's like, you know, we hate rules of thumb, but I think it's not a bad one. So, John, here's my question to you. Let's say of the two and a half million dollars that you would have accumulated in that brokerage account, let's say that, you know, we can apply a 3% to the brokerage account, which gives you your 30 grand a year. You'll probably have more, but let's just say 30 to 40 grand a year. Would you guys be willing to work to make up the difference to get to your 80 grand a year? Yeah, I think that's absolutely the scenario, right? And I think um, we would absolutely do that. The, the numbers would only get better the longer you work, Right. The numbers will get worse if you have a kid and you have to pay a lot more than 60 or 80 grand a year, right? I think that if you really wanted to do this, I understand the passive income question. I think that my concern would be that that house has to cash flow. If you're going to turn it into a rental, it has to cash flow incredibly well for you guys to make it work. If you're going to have to buy another place, we have to pull money out of the brokerage account and pay for it. You know, we have to pay for that down payment and then we don't have the money working for you to create the income. So these things have to kind of move in concert. And um, if you're looking to get your 80 grand, I think it's fair to say that you could say, all right, you know what, we're going to at least get half of that 80 grand just from our brokerage account, which is fine. And then the other half would have to be some combination of killing it on the rental property and maybe continuing to rent yourselves or getting part-time jobs. Either way is fine. It really is. I think you're kind of on the I think you're on the the track to get there, but your your two questions about safe withdrawal rate plus the converting a primary residence into a rental, I think they kind of come together in that it really depends on what's going on in 5 years. If you really think that you'd rather you if you want to experiment and you want to convert this house to a rental, if it goes terribly, you could always move back into it. It's not nothing wrong with that. Right. Don't be hyper-focused on paying down that mortgage, of course. And I think that what you're going to have to do if you really are 
serious about making this plan work for you, I think you're going to have to, you know, I would not put any money in Roth IRAs anymore. I'll tell you that much. I would just be looking at my brokerage account and funding that to the best of my ability. If you want to use the retirement plan at work, fine. You're going to end up putting that 40 grand in there. But every extra dollar I would put in the brokerage account if you're really serious about this plan. I would always be a little bit nervous about the 42. It means that, you know, we're talking about another 50 years for you guys. You know, you will spend more of your years not working full time than working full time. And I know you say like, oh, well, you know, life expectancy is different and whatever. You know, this is where we are today. And I I don't know. I'm a little nervous. You'll be very young to make this decision. You know, I I understand that and I have the same trepidations. Um, I think, you know, putting putting the right cushions in place to, you know, support, you know, unforeseen circumstances, um, you know, just trying to build a plan that gives me the most confidence to do that. And I agree with you that every, every year that we work longer, you know, I think, if we do end up renting this house and wanting to buy another, we'll probably, as we since we save one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, probably work two more years to put fifty percent down on a half a million dollar house and, and things yeah. like that, right? So yeah. um, there's ways to to change it certainly, but uh, you know, I just want to talk through the plan with you today. Yeah, I like it, Mark. Do you have any other final thoughts before we let John go back to leasing out commercial real estate to the masses? No, I like it. I'm okay with it. It's not like he just wants to quit and, you know, sit on the couch and put his feet up. They're going to do something and he's, you know, he's willing to be flexible if he has to. I do too. I mean, you know how I feel about this. It always makes me a little uptight, but I'm glad that we can talk this through with you and you sound quite reasonable and we are very happy that you were contacting us, but of course, keep in touch. As things change, you might want to, you know, sort of revisit the game plan. If you would like to join us here at the Eye on Money show, all you need to do is go to our website, jillonmoney.com, jillonmoney.com. And then when you're there, all you have to do is click the contact button and send us your note. Let us know if you want to come on the air. Mark will do all the rest. Now, while you're on the Jill on Money website, some things that you should check out. First of all, we've got a free weekly newsletter. Second of all, we have a great resource section and Mark keeps that up to date. So we'll be trying to beef that up, especially if we get any information about Build Back Better before the end of the year. Uh, you can follow Eye on Money wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, if you're on our website, you can subscribe to our sister broadcast. It's called Jill on Money. All right. Well, this is it for the day. And uh, we're very happy you joined us. Mark Talerski was the co-host and executive producer. We are distributed by Viacom CBS. We drop our episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. And we do like to remind you to do something nice for someone else today. Curiosity, compassion, community. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.